We're doing Tucson later for a business thing, you know. What kind of business you in? Hello. Hi, passengers. Passengers. What's up? Yeah. Happy spooky season. It's October first. And what do we have today for our passengers, Kristen? Oh, we have the 2009 horror comedy Jennifer's Body. Yes, we do. <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> this has been on Emily's list for a while for us Ooh, to watch. Yes. Yes. I guess if you've listened to this podcast, you could probably guess that this would be right up our alley. I'll just tell you a little bit about it. This is all on Wikipedia, by the way, but <laughs> but it, it's it's helpful. Okay. Jennifer's Body is a 2009 American horror comedy film written by Diablo Cody. We'll talk about Diablo. Directed by Karen Kasama, and it stars Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And it follows a demonically possessed high school student who kills her male classmates and devours their flesh in order to survive. <laughs> With her childhood How friend. amazing is that? Yes, striving to end her killing spree. <laughs> it was not a, a success at first. No, I, I read a little bit up on that. I guess the studio marketed it towards like straight men, basically. Yeah, because of Megan. Is, yeah, yeah, because I like... Oh my gosh, I have this whole thing about Megan Fox yes. being used and abused by the industry for her for her looks. And so this movie is very meta. It is. I'm so that's the perfect word. Anyway, keep going. We will deep dive into Okay. Them. Diablo Cody, her breakthrough success was with Juno. She wanted this movie to speak to female empowerment and explore the complex relationships between best friends. Oh, cool. And it had a lackluster performance initially. It only earned 36.1 mil against a budget of 16 million, and it received mixed reviews. Critics actually appreciated the dialogue, the emotional resonance, and the performances at the time. This was at the time, but it has since become, post-Me Too, it's become a feminist cult classic. Yes, cult classic. I never would have known. I never would have known. Just like looking at even the images on the cover like the dvd seeing at the library like (laughs) 10 years ago you know never in a million years that's part of what i'm glad we could do in our podcast is just kind of unlock some film culture for people like myself who never would have (laughs) known how about we talk a little bit about this creative team yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, so i mentioned diablo diablo cody not her government name her name is brooke mario nae busey But she's known professionally as Diablo Cody. She gained recognition at first for her blog. Did you know this? No, I didn't. So before Juno, she had a blog and a subsequent memoir called Candy Girl, A Year in the Life. Wait, A Year in the Life of an Unlikely Stripper. Mm -hmm. Yep, she... In 2000, yeah, yeah. in 2005, that came out. Then she, this was her screenwriting debut, and she won an Academy Award for it. Was Juno in 2007? I don't really know how she, how she went from the blog to screenwriting. Yeah, she wrote and produced and made her directorial debut with the comedy drama film Paradise in 2013. She's written and produced the films Jennifer's Body in 2009, Young Adult, which is really good. That stars Charlize Theron. It's really good. That was 2011. Ricky and the Flash, that has Queen Meryl Streep in the lead. Meryl Streep. <laughs> that was 2015. And Tully in 2018. Again, that starred Charlize Theron. And she also created, wrote, and produced The United States of Terra. And that was starring oh. Tony Collette. Yeah. And One Mississippi. And that was on um, Amazon Prime. And that had Tig Notaro. Which she's one of my favorite comedians. Oh, I didn't know. she. <laughs> she's behind the Jagged Little Pill musical. Wait, what? There's a musical for that? Oh, that a lot of more of that? Yeah. 
Oh my god! You know what? It's gonna be at ASU because I've seen ad- ads for it. Oh my goodness! So she wrote the book, which is the script on stage. It's called ah, the book. So the book. she wrote the book for that. And what a cool career. That's a little bit about Miss Diablo, and she's in Jennifer's body for a split second. Wait, where? How? Slash. When they go to the bar, they just show her for for a split second. She doesn't oh. have any dialogue, but she's I think she's supposed to be one of the bartenders or something. Right before the fire breaks out, mm. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, there's Diablo." And as for Karen Kusama, the director of this movie, her full name is Karen Kyoko Kusama. And she made her feature directorial and writing debut with the sports drama film Girl Fight in 2000. That starred Michelle Rodriguez in like her first <gasps> film role. I love Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. So she won Best Director at Sundance for that in 2000. Wow. And then after that, she went on to direct Eon Flux, which I've mentioned. Oh, was- yeah, yeah. That didn't do so great. Also starring Charlize. Yeah. So that connects the two of them together. Then Jennifer's Body in 2009. The Invitation in 2015, which is not the invitation from earlier this year. Oh, shit. Not that one. Yeah, not I got that one. excited for half a second. No. Okay. No, you know came- I adore that no. film. This one came out in 2015, but it was a very highly acclaimed horror film that she did. Oh. And then Destroyer with Nicole Kidman in 2018. And then she executive produces that showed Yellow Jackets. Have you heard of it? Ah, yes. Death on mm-hmm. Showtime. Two very talented women oh, uh, my goodness. on this project. And then as for our stars, we have Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Should we, let's talk a little bit about these two. Yes. First of all, I mean, <laughs> Megan Fox... I first saw her in a Mary Kate and Ashley film. Oh my god! In the early two thousands, she was like the mean girl. She was the of bitch. Of course. And there's this iconic quote. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because she's like the spoiled rich brat, of <laughs> daughter of the hotel owner, right? So good. She's like, I get what I want, and this winter break, I want Jordan. And like, she goes after this guy named Jordan, who's you know. That's so good one of the twins wants him to and but she she was incredible mean girl energy in there oh yeah um and then i think she really catapulted to international fame with transformers yeah yeah <sighs> i don't how do we begin talking about what she was she was on yeah. the receiving end of so much undeserved hatred yeah from men and women she was treated really badly yeah i don't i don't even know how to explain like how yeah iconic her body is in in those days i mean it still is but this movie is called jennifer's yep. so yeah. i think it was just like uh because this one was made after transformers right yeah it was yeah mm-hmm. so there's definitely some awareness but i just remember seeing spreads in magazines like rolling stone of her you know like prowling around on this kitchen countertop you know it was the body. ass in the air yeah right 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 but like do you think she owns it or is it a curse? Like, or it's probably complicated. Yeah. She's talked a little bit more frankly about it in recent years post Me Too. She's mm. also talked about how terribly she was treated by Michael Bay, especially. Jeez. Oh, and just men in the industry. Mm. I've watched a couple of interviews with her, and she seems like a very intelligent, thoughtful woman. Right. She just happens to be stunningly beautiful yeah <laughs> the beautiful body did you ever see her in the teenage mutant ninja turtle movies <laughs> no i didn't oh my gosh i think she was in two right i have her info here so. yeah yeah go ahead let's do this her full name is megan denise fox uh-huh. <laughs> she made her acting de- debut in a 2001 in a film called holiday in the sun that's it that's oh, right that's that it that's that right. Kate movie. and she would have been like 13 or 14 in that as the oh movie. my gosh she was working pretty consistently at, from the time she was a child so she mm. was working in numerous supporting roles in film and television so she was in confessions of a teenage drama queen Remember, oh and I think she was also the mean girl in that she was and then she was on an ABC sitcom called Hope and Faith and I think I remember that I think I remember that show was the like the names of two the two women in it Hope Mm -hmm. and Faith yeah and that was on from 2004 to 2006 but then her huge breakout was in Transformers in 2007 so, oh got it and that was when I graduated high school hey I was 06 okay. yeah Prime oh time. my god but yeah the, watching this movie with all the clothes I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> the, the low-rise jeans especially that only Megan Fox can pull off <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, oh, those damn jeans. <laughs> 2007, Transformers. And then she was in the sequel in 2009. Then Jennifer's Body came out in 2009 as well. And then she did the <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in 2014 and 2016. And she has also appeared in New Girls, remember? <gasps> yes. She yeah. was... Uh temporarily on the show i think when zoe deschanel was on maternity leave but she guested before that too mm-hmm. i want to say but she's still working as well this isn't her entire filmography but we'll definitely talk more about her and then amanda seifred i think her career was on an upward trajectory at this point both of these women worked from the time they were children that seems mm. to be kind of a running theme in our podcast i'm just thinking oh. of the black swan episode remember that yes so Amanda was on As the World Turns, the soap opera oh. from 1999 to 2001. And mm. she was also on All My Children, which was my mom's soap opera. <laughs> she would, my my mom, we were <laughs> alive in the 90s. She had one VHS tape. So she would record All My Children because it's a daytime soap. And it was oh. always on at 1 p.m. on ABC. So she would record it and then she'd come home from, from work. And then she'd watch it and then rewind the tape and then use it again. And Record it. Oh, that's so cool. These were the days before SoapNet because then we did get SoapNet and I would watch all my children with my mom. At, I think it was oh like 8 p.m. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so fun. It was fun. But anyway, Amanda was on that. And then Mean Girls was in 2004. I think that's her like pivotal yeah. maker. She and Megan, they're about the same age and they were mm. kind of like coming onto the scene, even though they'd both been working for years. They both mm. were kind of similar-ish places in their careers in 2009. I think Megan, well, she had really blown up because of Transformers, yeah. like you said, but Amanda had Mean Girls and then she was on Veronica Mars from 2004 to 2006. She was also on Big Love. I didn't know that. What's it was Love? that polygamy show on <gasps> HBO. Wait, I thought that was a reality show. No. Oh, okay. So well, I'm confused. There is a TLC show, but Big Love was a series on HBO. Oh, wow. And cool. then, of course, she had Mamma Mia in 2008, and that would have been the year before this one. And she's, of course, done a number of things since then. Les Mis. I love Les Mis. I know you. Love I know. I'm the only one in the whole country that feels the whole I world that feels that way. The movie version, yes. You yes. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I thought it was all- okay. We'll talk about that another time. Maybe we'll have to just do that damn movie. Certainly <laughs> 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 not female driven. <laughs> I do Mamma Mia, but you seemed like you didn't. <gasps> oh no, no, no! I do. I I've only ever seen it once. I'll watch it again, and then we can do it for sure. But... It's just a fun, dumb. It's so fun. Everyone yeah. is drunk. <laughs> There's simultaneously terrible green screen and also it's shot on location in Greece. It's a mess. Oh yeah, but like that's what I think is so endearing to its yeah. fan group, right? Yeah. And Meryl is having so much fun. <laughs> it's so nice to see her have fun. <laughs> I love it. It just looked like that was the yeah. best shoot ever. We should we should do it. So much. It's fun. got a great cast. Sure does. Sure does. Anyway, so those are the their ladies. Yeah. Our chief ladies I, project. I was going to tell you with that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. Yeah. I think it was the second one she was in. I still remember feeling so tense and angry in the theater because there's this part at the beginning where she has to like be in disguise in the airport or the train station or something like that. And mm-hmm. she, it's this like sexy schoolgirl outfit. Oh, That's course. her disguise. Yeah. She would have been like in her mid twenties probably. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm all for female sexuality, owning yeah. your power But it just felt like this studio manipulation drawing a male audience. Like it just, I could feel it. And it was gross. (laughs) Like I just, that was just me, you know, reading into it deeply. But I just, I feel this fierce protectiveness. Like, (laughs) I don't know. of just, if seeing women objectified Mm -hmm. and whether they're in control of that or not. I think that's the the point of power that I, I worry about. I don't know. How did you feel about it in this movie? I feel a different kind of power in this one. I read this article talking about how it's like the the fantasy of a rape victim getting revenge. Rape revenge. Rape revenge, thanks. Except that like she's supposed to be this victim and she's not. Like they turned it on its head, which I really like that. What did you, what did you think? I wrote down quite a bit <laughs> during yeah, this. Yeah, do tell. I think this is a very self-aware script. I don't know. Like, well, because I'm sure Diablo wrote this before she knew who was going to be cast. Oh. I know writers will sometimes, they'll be on set and be like, I'm adding this scene. I'm writing this in here now. Because there's a lot of self-aware 
dialogue in this mm-hmm. because you remember when they're in that bar and, and Megan Fox Jennifer she's she straight up says something like the your sexuality is your power she says that to Amanda Sy- remember when she like gropes her boobs oh yeah, yeah it's like this <laughs> so on, on top of being a feminist cult classic this is pretty queer this movie really yeah, absolutely it really yeah. is but yeah, she's ropes Amanda Seyfried and is like, these are, this is your power. So that she's straight up saying your sexuality and your body is your power. She owns it. I'm just, I'm thinking back to our Hustlers episode, Kristen. Oh, nice. The female gaze kind yeah, of thing. Well, yeah, well, the conversation we had about empowered sexuality. Uh, yes. It's not an easy conversation to have because certainly not every sex worker feels empowered, right? Sure, sure. Like yeah. Loving their job. But <laughs> that's why in that episode, I was like, it's important to let these uh, women speak for themselves when we're, mm. when we're talking about female right. sex workers or in this case, female characters or, or Megan Fox herself, right? Let them right. tell you what it was like <laughs> to be right. them. I'd say the movie is very self-aware as, as exactly who she is and just the way she is shot. But it doesn't feel gross ever. I don't think it does. Yeah. How she's shot in this movie. So let's let's hold off on this conversation on what sexuality is in this film. Because I think we kind of need some plot set up and character set up. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Before we really get into it. But I think this is a great glimpse into Megan Fox as a like a cultural figure mm-hmm. and at a certain point in time in 2009. And just, this was pre me too, yeah. <laughs> but it seemed pretty prescient at the same time of the things that Diablo was saying, you know, was trying to say. Right. And certainly the director, Karen. So, uh, and I'm Megan, who I think is really pleased with how this film has kind of been claimed as like mm-hmm. this like, feminist horror cult film. Slash comedy. <laughs> I love they throw oh, it's that in funny. There. It's yeah. You can tell right away. This is a Diablo Cody this dialogue yeah some words and phrases uh have not held up definitely not um Mm -mm. but yeah overall i think i'm sure everyone on that production team is really surprised (laughs) how the public has changed to receive it when amanda did that show that was about elizabeth holmes you remember I forgot what it was called already, but she was doing a lot of promotional stuff for it. She did this thing on YouTube where it was like a retrospective of her work or whatever. And she talked about Jennifer's body. It was just really cool to see her talk. Oh, about are you talking about that CEO that um, Elizabeth Holmes? Oh, Sarah, the okay. When you said Holmes, I went straight to Enola Holmes. No, really different. different Holmes. <laughs> okay. Oh so, yeah. But it, she did. I remember her. She talked about uh, Jennifer's body in the really? really cool to see her talk about it. Oh, cool. Megan has certainly talked about it since then too. I didn't know Amanda. I didn't know she was in this film. Like you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and her character's nickname being Needy. Like yeah, that was that's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I really died laughing at Adam Brody's performance as that shifty music musician. Emo. And he was on the OC, right? Did you watch that show? I watched the first season. Okay. When he came on camera and then when that other email kid, Colin, showed up, I was mm-hmm. like, Kristen would have had the biggest crushes. On- <laughs> yeah, that would have been my exact, yeah. like uh, a moody emo boy. Yeah, I would have been mm-hmm. all over that. But what I found interesting, Emily, that um, Jennifer doesn't get revenge on the people who turned her into who she became. No, Needy does. That's yeah, it. which was really cool and Needy yeah. did it. But yeah. why do you think she didn't go after the boys that's a good question i actually thought quite a bit about this there was a line in the trailer that got cut out of the final cut the theatrical cut where amanda seyfried needy says something like you're killing people and then jennifer megan fox says they're not people they're boys oh jesus (laughs) but i was thinking this film has been claimed as a feminist film if you're trying to make a point about how women are treated you just flip it and you show men being treated the way women are treated this movie is called jennifer's body for a reason because yeah. those that band that skeevy band treat her like a body they don't treat her like a person and they right. use her body and that's an out al- that can be an allegory for any number of things sexual assault's the first thing that comes to mind right and they don't treat her like a person so when she rises from the dead as a succubus from hell <laughs> <laughs> she does not treat the men or the boys around her as people doesn't care she's not i need to get revenge on the people who did this to me she's like i will just treat 
the men around me the way they treated me at this Ah, point. That makes sense. And it reminded me of, (laughs) I, crazily enough, have yet to see Barbie, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow you're in for a treat well, I wanted to see it with you but I can't because oh. we're like oceans apart from each other but yeah. I do I do want to prepare for it I feel like at this point Kristen it's too late yet too early for us to dive into it because everyone's talked about it already oh. so I feel like we need to wait a bit but there was a post and it was a man being like I don't like how Ken is just he only exists in relation to to, to Barbie and then a, a woman commented oh honey you're so close <laughs> That's the point. Yeah, Greta Gerwig is making a point. Like, yeah, this yeah, is how women yeah. are treated all the time. But now that it's the other way around, you're noticing, oh, this is actually pretty fun. This is wrong. Yeah. Like, is it? Oh. <laughs> so I think it's what these filmmakers were getting yeah. at. I can see why women's and gender studies majors probably have taken to this film because I think it has a lot to say. Yeah. Why don't you lead us out? But yeah, that. let's get into it. Yeah. So yeah. This, it starts with Jennifer. It's she's she's like lying on her bed. It's kind of a creepy. It feels like a voyeuristic setup. This shot mm-hmm. where it seems like someone is going through her backyard. There's a horse in the backyard. I don't know. I, this, this is supposed to be set somewhere in like Podunk, Indiana, right? It doesn't ever say. Yeah. But it feels like Hawkins, Indiana, you know, from mm-hmm. from Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Just this really small town. <laughs> and this is funny to me because she's lying on her bed watching that. Remember Tony Little, the gazelle. The commercial. No. That's what she's watching. She's oh. watching that. In- remember those crazy infomercials with the guy with the ponytail on the I, exercise? I don't machine? remember those. No, but and it, it's funny because Diablo Cody had a joke about that in Juno. The Tony Little guy. Wow. She must got such a kick out of him because yeah, because you don't have dialogue, but you hear Tony Little talking about the gazelle like that's. <laughs> But that's almost like Diablo Cody, you know, like signing a painting. You know, it's a Diablo Cody. It's so silly. There's jokes in there. It's so silly. And then I was just looking at Jennifer's room, Megan Fox. She has a big follow-up boy poster. Yeah, right behind her. I thought that was kind of parody-ish. But then you just see this quick flash cut of, and then you can see that Amanda Seyfried is, or needy, right? In the movie, she's looking in the window and it's scary. So you're like, what? (laughs) The first line is uh, needy saying hell as a teenage girl. We hear it as there's a zoom in on Megan Fox's face. Hell is a teenage girl. I guess I'm not exactly perfect myself, but at least I have my fans. I mean, I get letters every day. Mostly from perverts and chesters, but still, I'm kind of the shit. Needy is now in, she's in, she's incarcerated, but it kind of seems like she's almost in a mental institution or something. Yeah. She's in her room. This dialogue is so Diablo Cody. Needy's like, well, I get a lot of fan mail, mostly perverts and chesters. (laughs) What is that? Sorry for my naivety. I'm assuming chesters is short for child molester. Oh, got it. Probably. And then, you know, she's walking through the commissary and I'm like, yeah, she looks way too good for being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she does. rested makeup. Hair <laughs> looks great. She yeah. kicks that nutritionist in the teeth. Oh my God. I, that was so violent and unexpected. Yeah. yeah, that woman loses a tooth. She spits out a tooth because it says, she says like, I'm a kicker. And then sure enough, we say you're kicking a woman in the face. And it was like uh, with supernatural force, which I, I mean, I didn't know. We don't know at that point yet. Mm-hmm. that it's with supernatural force because the effect is so strong i was like it was really like, jarring yeah, <laughs> i was like expecting her to kick a woman in the hang face. on yeah. the teeth the teeth that was crazy yeah it really was and then they throw her into solitary and the song that we don't know yet comes on <laughs> but it's like an elevator music version of this song and she's like oh, i hate this song yeah it was piping through the speakers yep. and-, and then she brings us back in time i don't know how long ago this is supposed to have happened like yeah, i don't know if it's supposed to be a, like a month or a year but uh, she sets up the scene for us they're in a a little tiny town of like seven thousand people called devil's kettle and they're both in high school these actresses were both like 22 23 24 at the time but Mm. that's pretty common in casting choice in casting decisions they're in high school one of the first shots we see of jennifer is her in is she in color guard or is she a cheerleader? She's color guard. I thought of you too. Yeah. We- <laughs> I was watching her technique as she's flipping the flag around. <laughs> is, she, is she doing it right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Every high school does it different. But I, I was like, oh, I would have tucked my elbows. Do, you know, like. Okay. 
Hershey had kind of what we called chicken wings going on. <laughs> that was funny to watch Megan Fox yeah. doing color guard. But. She's has this flush of like innocence, right? Yeah. This this look of like I'm just a girl doing a little sport. Wow, is she beautiful though? She really. Oh is. my gosh! And Amanda's up in the crowd. <laughs> Isn't she waving at her? She's like, oh my God. And then the Asian girl behind her who was also in Juno. Her name in this movie is Chastity, but in Juno, she's like, (laughs) she's the one in Juno who's standing outside the abortion clinic. Oh, with the sign? Yeah. Diablo is like hooking up her people. Cause like another person. So JK Simmons, who plays the teacher in this with the hook hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Juno's dad. So I think Diablo was just just hooking up her friends and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Her friend behind her like taps her and goes, you're totally lesbian. People found it hard to believe that a babe like Jennifer would associate with a dork like me. Sandbox love never dies. We're totally lesbian. What? She's my best friend. Yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, I'd say she kind of is lesbian. <laughs> I think we're all lesbian for Megan Fogg. <laughs> Honestly. And she's like, no, shut up. We're just best friends or whatever, which, okay, sure. Yeah. Where the whole complexity of friendship comes in. Competition and friendship and lust and all, all of these things. It's, you know what? Elena Ferrante fucking wishes she could. <laughs> <laughs> she wishes. She was inspired by Diablo Cody. <laughs> Love that. So she's just watching with a great deal of admiration. She's watching Jennifer twirl her little flag. Yeah. then they're at their lockers together and you see jennifer in her oh my god this outfit (laughs) 2009 was a time was it like layered low-rise jeans midriff bearing top polo collar and then at one point she has a a midriff bearing hoodie on oh yeah i remember that one 2009 and of course this was before this was pre-skinny jeans so all the pants are flare legging flare legging low-rise jeans and again that's not not everyone can pull that off. I certainly can't do the low rise jeans. I'm not going to. I'm not even. Yeah. <laughs> jeans are the worst. They are. But she looks amazing because she's Megan Fox. Era. But she's she's like really flirty with Needy at the locker. The way mm. she's like, mm, there's something cute. The way she looks her, she looks like flirty with her. I think that yeah. was very intentional when she invites her. She's like, you have to come out with me to this thing later. And then she describes the lead singer of the band as extra salty. And she saw him on yeah. my, she saw him on my <laughs> that's kind of shifted in meaning to be like she said extra salty and then later she says salty morsels when she's describing there'll be salty morsels there for you too which is kind of predictive of her eating them one day oh they're very they're very tasty tasty. (laughs) and then needy's boyfriend chip is he's salty (laughs) he's salty because he wants needy to himself that night but she's like no i have to go out with jennifer and you get the feeling that jennifer kind of calls the shots in that relationship so yeah oh big time yeah Mm -hmm. and the boyfriend is like like the whole dynamic is he's not as important to needy as jennifer is yeah he says stuff like you have nothing in common she's the worst basically and Mm -hmm. she's just like yes we do you don't get it like you don't understand we've been best friends since she called it sandbox love you don't understand and they and it seems they do have a supernatural bond with each other because yeah the conversation abruptly stops and then needy goes she's here he's like how do you know that and sure (laughs) enough she's there they sense they have this weird supernatural connection connection. and this is another just diablo cody she's like jennifer shows up at the door and she's like it smells like thai food in here were you guys fucking oh yeah (laughs) I was like, uh, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, why? Why? That felt, felt very Diablo Cody. <laughs> it was weird. And then they get into a shoving match, or it seems like, ooh, playful at first. But then Jennifer shoves her, her pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a like, dominance thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing they have going on. And then they go to that club, which I think is called Melody Lane or something. Yeah, Diablo Cody, you see her for a split second. <laughs> a split second she, she mm. just looks, i think she looks right into camera and she doesn't say anything but she looks like a like a cool bartender nice gross chris pratt shows up i'm so glad he was barely in this oh, movie yeah and it's alluded pretty overtly that he and jennifer had a sexual relationship and yeah. she's underage and she's yeah. and he's like a police officer so ew and then jennifer gropes <laughs> needy pretty mm, hard right. they go up and meet the lead singer 
He's like, we have to go meet him. And it's freaking Adam Brody. Yeah, it's all parody. They put yeah. him in emo makeup. Eyeliner, the hair. Yeah. His gum chewing was so annoying to me. I didn't even notice it. Oh, like, so gross. Yeah. He's probably supposed to be obnoxious. Jennifer, she has to go get them some drinks. And she's, mm-hmm. I think they're, they're like 9-11 shots. And they're like, oh, that was so fucking weird. Oh yeah God. was that supposed to be i think it was supposed to be parody on like how the nation handles tragedy how long after 9-11 were there like country songs about it and I... movies about it like, capitalizing on the tragedy of that it's... she's like you have to drink it really fast or it turns brown or yeah. <laughs> Gross. they were Wait. like uneven the shots were she's so jennifer goes to get shots and again she's like using her sexuality to get what she wants because they're supposed to be underage they're clearly adult women but they're playing teenagers and she's like well how are you gonna get booze and she's like i forgot she says something about her tits but while she is getting those drinks needy overhears the band members the adam brody and whatever the his bandmate talking (laughs) about jennifer in a really disgusting way yeah but we don't understand the significance of what they're saying yet. Yeah, they're just commenting on like, oh, do you think she's a virgin or not? And like being really gross about it. Needy goes up to me and she's like, excuse me. She's like, that's my best friend. Actually, yeah, she is a virgin. (laughs) She is way too good to be sleeping with trash like you. But we as an audience know, oh yeah, Jennifer, she has another line where she's like, oh my God, Diablo, where she's like, I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore. She's like, and it really hurt. And I, what did she say? She's like, I couldn't go to some event the next day. She's like, I had to sit on a bag of frozen peas. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, you're Diablo Cody, Diablo Cody. Yep. So we know, and then we find out later, Needy says something like, Jennifer hasn't been a virgin since junior high. So we know mm-hmm. that she's not, but we don't understand why this gross band is fixated on whether or not she's a virgin. Their, their key song through the trees through the trees needy and jennifer are just staring at each other like they're in love with each other <laughs> they like, hold hands don't yeah they? they're holding hands and, yeah. and needy looks at her like she's in love with her yeah just admires and loves her i mean she does all the things that needy's too afraid to do but then like something weird happens where it seems like the lead singer is hypnotizing her is that what it is i think that's what's supposed to happen because yeah. She gets that weird dazed look. And then after the fire that breaks out, spoiler, when, oh, yeah. she, when they're outside, she's in this trance-like state. Mm. Remember? Yeah. And she gets in the van. Which is very van. upsetting to me. Hey, well, yeah, me too. Because I mean, I think it's intentionally supposed to be unsettling for all women to mm-hmm. watch these two friends and then having one of the friends be like, I'm going to get in the van. It's fine. And these like, five oh. men. Yeah. That last look as they slide the clothes was just It seemed horrible. like she was really in a daze. I agree. It feels like she's been roofied. Then Needy is very upset and we get that last very haunting look between them before the van oh, yeah. door closes. We don't see what happens with with that, not until later, but we do see Needy going back to her house and calling Chip and being like, something is, she tells him about the fire, but she's more concerned about Jennifer. She's like, yeah. they, these guys took Jennifer off in a van and Chip's kind of an asshole. He's like, well, who cares about Jennifer? Right. Your boyfriend like, sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is scary though, where Jennifer shows up covered in gore and- Oh gosh, Yeah. It just scares the hell out of Amanda. I mean, the the gore, the makeup on her is incredible. You're kind of disturbed because Amanda doesn't know it's like supernatural, you know? Covered in blood. And she stumbles over to the fridge. She pulls out this rotisserie chicken (laughs) and she's gnawing on it like an animal. Amanda's all like, are you okay? Clearly not. And Jennifer (laughs) vomits this geyser of black goo it's like black bile and yeah it's like a conscious entity this bile she vomits very reminiscent of the exorcist that's definitely a clue that something ain't right with jennifer it's funny when (laughs) when needy is like my mom got that from the boston market (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to eat it then That it's was crazy. so amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, she didn't, she's like tearing this chicken carcass apart. You know what? You go for it, Megan Fox. She was not <laughs> concerned with looking hot here. But it is really scary when she shows up and she just smiles at her creepily. It's really scary. Oh, yeah, that was so iconic. Yeah, that was. like blood-stained smile. grin. Doesn't say anything. It seems like she sniffs Needy like she's going to eat her at first. Oh, you're right. And then she basically spares her. 
but I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, oh, sensual. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. <laughs> Needy runs away and she grabs her flip phone. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Jennifer materializes seemingly out of nowhere, slams her into the wall, and it's she's just groping her and licking her and stuff. And she's like, are you scared? That's one thing she needs is her prey has to be scared. So, you know, she was thinking about eating her, but she just couldn't because she loved her too much. Right. And she even says that later. She's like, oh, I just couldn't bring myself to hurt you. Yeah. That's like, oh, your <laughs> <laughs> love conquers all. And then she just boom, vanishes. She's gone. So then it's the next day at school and Jennifer shows up looking very good. She's looking very fresh. Oh, yeah. Glowing and beautiful, but we don't know why yet mm -hmm. but she's acting like nothing happened and needy's like what the hell what was what was that all about last night yeah. <laughs> and she even tells her boyfriend like oh uh, yeah jennifer showed up last night and she vomited this black he doesn't everyone. really believe her right no he doesn't and jennifer's like yeah she's she's acting like nothing weird happened at all <laughs> <laughs> And J.K. Simmons is funny. The way he talks about the fire and the tragedy is just funny. It is. And then Jennifer's like, oh, Erickson ate it or something. Like, she's being really callous. This is when the emo Colin guy is like, oh, I'm glad you're not dead, needy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Chip seems jealous. He's like, well, I'm deep and soulful, too. I'm just not an obvious poser about poser. it. Yeah. You remember the word poser? But this is where this is so silly. It's like this crazy, long, crazy tracking shot of this football. Yeah. Scene. And then like, this badass music is playing. The shot I remember the most out of the whole film. It was. I'm like, Karen Kasama. I don't know. I, I don't I, know why I, they wasted it. On... Why this shot? I, yeah. And not on DeGeneres. I wish, yeah, I wish there were more shots like that where you're like, oh, this is something special. And then I just wrote, this man is 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy that's crying because his friend died. It's his big jock football player. And yeah, he looks like he's 35 years old. She lures him out into the forest and starts making out with him. And then <laughs> it's funny when all these animals show up. So yeah, fun. what was that? Was it like a reverse Snow White thing? Like yeah, because she's a demon. These cute woodland creatures show up and there's this really cute looking raccoon that looks kind of cross-eyed. And he's like, huh? It's pretty scary. She's like, oh, do you miss your friend? And he's like, yeah, of course. Do you miss Craig? Of course. We're going to see your buddy really soon. What, you mean like in heaven someday? Nope. And she goes, you're going to see him again. And he goes, you mean like one day in heaven? And she's like, right now. And then her <laughs> jaw unhinges. It's, it's a great effect. I think it's held up pretty well. She eats that man alive. She's a man eater. Then we switch to Needy's house. And her mom is played by Amy Sedaris, which is funny. She has a little pet ferret named specter and he's white <laughs> oh cute then like jennifer calls her on the phone and yeah there are some pretty great lines in this she's like i'm having the best day since jesus invented the calendar oh yeah <laughs> yeah i feel so scrumptious you know what you should be happy for me because i'm having the best day since like jesus invented the calendar Jesus didn't invent the calendar. Whatever. And there's that iconic shot of her lighting her tongue on fire. Yeah. That's become iconic. It has. And then she straight up says, I'm a god. And Needy's just like, what the hell is going on? We see, I don't know how many days or probably, I don't know if maybe one day or so. Time has passed and we see that Jennifer is looking very wan and ashen again in that biology class or whatever they're in. The one mm -hmm. with the J.K. Simmons. And they mm -hmm. find out, they all find out that that football player got torn apart in the woods right. so everyone's freaking out jennifer is very nonchalant about it and needy starts thinking that that's you know that's pretty damn weird right yeah <laughs> <laughs> then colin emo colin in the hallway is she, he tries asking out jennifer 
Jennifer shows no interest at first. <laughs> then they're, I guess they're reading Hamlet in one of their classes. And she goes, is he going to fuck his mom? <laughs> oh my gosh. And then it's not until Needy says, well, you know, I actually think Colin is cool. She, uh, Jennifer gets his devious look on her face. I feel the queer subtext is that this is all about her desire for Needy because she kills all the boys Needy likes. <sighs> Because she wants Needy for yes. herself. Yes. Okay. Because the way she looks at Needy, it's very, I don't know, lustful, I yeah. guess. And she, well, she, you're right. She doesn't yeah. decide to go after him until after Needy. Yeah. Needy says that she looks at the, but the, not just because you could say, oh, it's just because she's malicious and wants to hurt her friend, but it's the way she looks at Needy. It seems like she wants Needy. She has some feelings for her. And then mm-hmm. she's like, okay, then I'm going to take this, this guy out. Yes, ma'am. You want to talk about both Will and Crystal? Okay. <laughs> I guess Jennifer gave him this address in this remote area. So he is bopping along in his car, rocking out his emo jams, and it's just getting shadier and shadier, like the neighborhood. This was crazy. This weird development block. Where yeah. And there's like, I don't know, there's like nobody on the street. And so he he's looking around, he gets inside the house, and then he finds her, and it's this cozy spot with candles. She lit like 30 candles. Yeah, which I mean, to us looks kind of like sacrifice, like a... <laughs> for sure but to him is kind of like oh ooh, this is nice and this is where she's wearing another extremely 2009 outfit of a midriff yes. hoodie it's a hoodie yeah like a white midriff top and then over it a hoodie that's a midriff bearing that's crazy oh, right i know i mean she looks amazing takes me back yeah she looks so good but it's just hilarious and yeah low-rise jeans and flare legs love it yeah. I mean, she looks good. She's looking at him like she wants to eat him, and she certainly does want to eat him. She does. They kind of cut back and forth in this sequence, don't they, with Needy and Weird. the boyfriend? It kind of seemed like it was their first time together, Needy and the boyfriend, or Yeah, no? it was so, I think so, because when he puts the condom on, they both look like... <laughs> as if it's a very like, huh. thing so it kind of cuts back and forth and it's a little bit you know like the horror trope i think they're playing on that of you know teenagers having sex or whatever but... leads to death yeah and but it's like super mediocre it's just like oh it's so funny yeah and needy she has that supernatural attunement and she can tell something's going down with jennifer so she has to get up and leave i was like why are they intercutting that just again felt very queer that they're it was Mm -hmm. as if they're having sex with each other jennifer and needy are wishing they could they're using a stand-in yeah and it just made it seem because like uh, needy's not into this sexual encounter at all she's (laughs) making all sorts of noises but she's thinking about jennifer and seeing jennifer yeah right (laughs) And then her boyfriend says something like, is it too big? I was like, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> oh, my oh, this is scary when she actually kills Colin, breaks his arm, and she says, I need you frightened. I need you frightened. I need you hopeless. And then she says, I need you hopeless. That's and chilling. And that's how she felt. Yep. And then, then there's that great shot of it's her behind some like a drop sheet you know because it's like this empty development and you just see her devouring this person from behind this classic yeah classic horror imagery and then you see her lapping up his blood like it's gross she's like ripped his guts out and she's just lapping up the blood (laughs) like she's cupping her hand it's 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 it nasty yeah it's nasty but it's kind of funny i don't know it is his entire torso was just like a cavity the practical effects were really good in this yeah movie. they did it looked yeah. pretty good i wonder how long it took them to set that shot up i know that would be kind of fun right oh my gosh yeah i mean i'm sure they have the best jobs like ever. it would be fun to play the dead body but it would also be fun to be like i'm eating this person yeah. <laughs> oh goodness after this is when oh my god this is when Needy goes to bed and Jennifer is waiting in the bed. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell us about this. That was effective, though. She, like, mm-hmm. turns on the light, lays down. There's, like, two two or three seconds of quiet. And... Hi. Hi, Needy, enough with the screaming. You're such a cliche. But we only share your bed when we have slumber parties. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> And Jennifer's just like, why are you so dramatic or something? Mm. She's like, she's like, I'm so tired of your screaming or whatever. 
And of course she looks great. She's rejuvenated because she just she partook of human flesh. And mm-hmm. so she's like looking extra glowed up. <laughs> she's in like tiny little booty shorts, or I don't even think they're bo- they're like it's underwear. Short. She's looking very seductive and come hither. And she successfully seduces Needy. Yeah. What was her motivation? Just she just wanted to? I don't think she wanted to eat her. I guess so I guess the desire you know that's been progressing the whole movie is kind of reached that fever pitch because she makes it clear because they actually she tells her everything that happened after this and she says you know I couldn't bring myself to hurt you I don't think she's trying to eat her to death I think her inhibitions are gone she's wanted to have sex with her they start going at it and they (laughs) see she seems way more into it needy seems way more into this than she was with Jim. oh absolutely even just the littlest moment with uh jennifer is yeah. way more meaningful yeah. <laughs> than the oh, whole time sure. with that friend the way karen kusama shot this there's like extreme close-ups and then yeah. and then needy she gets on top she she wants it you know she, yeah. she's the lead on that. she's like wait 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 <laughs> like her reality catches up to her she's like what are we doing and this is where jennifer tells her everything that happened after she got in the van this was so upsetting i had to fast forward what actually happened because like megan fox is giving the performance of Mm -hmm. lifetime you know where you're Mm -hmm. reminded even though this is like horror comedy she's this scared girl there's still a lot of comedy in the dialogue which is interesting i caught some of her narration which was funny because it's diablo cody she goes Okay, so you remember the night of the fire? I got really messed up. And those guys from Low Shoulder? Totally evil. They're basically like agents of Satan with really awesome haircuts. Yeah. They're basically like agents of Satan. (laughs) Yeah. And then I did hear her say, I've never even done sex. And the way she said that was funny. I've never Yeah, because she was like trying to be like, ah, yeah, I'm a virgin. I don't know what I'm doing. You should find someone who knows what they're doing. And the uh, ritual's only gonna work if it's a virgin. Or, you know. We need to talk about the significance of the Yes, I mean the ritual works because their band becomes u- uber famous. As far as her. So if she had been a virgin, she would have died. died. Yeah. But because she was sexually experienced, she came back to life more powerful than ever. So yes. I'm like, okay, well, what's this commentary on purity standards and exactly there's a premium on female virginity? But in this story, actually, no, it benefited her to have had been a sexual being before right. because it comes back to life more powerful than ever absolutely it kind of turned that whole virgin sacrifice on its head because she says i knew what i had to do to be strong after she rises back from the dead Mm. this is actually really romantic she goes i woke up and i found my way back to you that's a very romantic thing to say yeah because that is the first place she went after she Mm -hmm. came back from the dead as this like creature of need and then she kind of honed it yep yep just thinking about, because like virginity is a thing. I mean, it comes up in Hocus Pocus, but like it goes, yeah. it goes back way further. Yeah, you and I know this because of how we were brought up. You know, there's a premium placed on female chastity throughout, oh. not even just the Western world, mm-hmm. all over. So the fact that in this story she's valued for her virginity, but I because think. of her non-virgin status, she rises from the dead as a succubus. <laughs> I know. So she does so not cool. die. And I was just thinking, Kristen, about I don't know how I got thinking about this. I was thinking about how in in the Bible we have, of course, there are very few named female people. <laughs> yeah. In the in this in the scriptures, there's what two books named after women in the Old Testament? Something like that. Esther. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth Esther. And in the Catholic Bible, there's Judith. So um, this feels like this is a trope that some many, I'd say, second wave feminists would be like, I'm so tired of this trope of the female temptress. So you think about the women in the Bible like Jezebel or Delilah. Oh, right. Or Salome, they, well, at least Jezebel and Delilah meet Grizzly ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Salome, the one who dances for her stepdad. I don't know if we find out what happens to her, but anyway, there's these big temptresses, right? Like women are just evil. Yeah. They're just seductresses. But in the Catholic Bible, we have the story of Judith and our girl. She's the one who cuts off yes. Ophrony's head. Oh, okay. Got it. So in the story, she's a very beautiful woman. She's a beautiful Jewish widow. And she, I think we can infer, was seducing this Assyrian general. She goes to his tent at night with her maid. And then he's like drunk and she decapitates him. And yes. everyone, yeah, it's queens. That's a very <laughs> Very popular subject in Western art. 
Yeah. Especially Artemisia Gentileschi's version. Yeah. So I thought I thought of Jennifer as a Judith in this. Oh, she... cool. That's a cool way of looking at it. So her beauty is her power. Her desirability mm-hmm. is her power. And she uses it for vengeance. Yeah. And to, I mean, be with Needy, basically. He wanted to be with Needy. They have this um, bond. But then things kind of escalate here. We do find out that she ate Amit. <laughs> yeah, the Indian exchange student. She, she ate him. Because that's why we don't know at first why she looks healthy and beautiful the day after the fire. But it turns out right. it's because she ate. She lured Amit into the woods and ate him. We don't see it happen. Wait, does <laughs> anyone know you're alive? And he shakes his head no. <laughs> She goes, great, come with me. Because he was in that bar with the fire yeah. broke out, but everyone assumed he died in the fire. He did not die in the fire. Jennifer ate him. And then they're together. They're still in the bedroom. And sh- and then, yeah, Jennifer goes, we can play boyfriend, girlfriend like we used to. So they've probably been oh, making yeah. out since For they were kids. who knows how long? And then she, it's so badass. She just jumps out the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, you told me to go. Jumps out the window. Bye. Needy mm-hmm. runs over. She's vanished. She's, mm-hmm. she's superhuman. And then they, they go to their prom or they call it like yeah. the formal <laughs> needy's dresses. It's ridiculous. It's it is. giant sleeves. Yeah. Her hair is all, you know, you can tell it's been done at home. Oh yeah. And then she kind of broke up with Chip, it seems. She's like, it's not safe for us to be together. Yeah. She's kind of, you know, in the name of protecting Chip. She's like, it's not safe for us to be together. I can't go to the dance with you. So they go separately. And then Jennifer, we see her getting ready and she's crying because she's hungry. She needs to eat. She needs mm-hmm. to feed. So she's looking all ashy and she's crying and putting that makeup on. And she has a picture of herself on her dressing table, which oh. I has a funny touch. Yeah. And uh, she ends up saying all these lies to yep. the boyfriend, making him think that Amanda cheated on him, basically. More great lines about Colin. They were porking on a semi-regular oh, basis. Yeah. Total varsity moves, she said. <laughs> It's really to get in his head about his, you know, supposed inefficiency in bed, right? So he gets all upset and he's vulnerable now and Jennifer seduces him. She tries to. I mean, I think they kiss her. She takes him to that swimming pool. They start kissing and he's like, no, this feels wrong. I think it feels like she's waiting for Needy to show up. You think so? Because she could have just eaten him. She could have. I more saw it as like a spider in her lair, like playing with her food. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, I figured since this is intercut with Needy running, she could do because she always knows when Jennifer's close or when she's there. But I think she's waiting for Needy to show up. I like that. Once Chip refuses her, she like throws him into the pool, jumps in, and starts eating him. What the first thing Needy sees when she shows up is her just gnawing on his neck. Classic horror move there but this is iconic when their pool fight needy jumps into the pool i don't understand how she could have overpowered jennifer this supernatural succubus demon but she goes under the water and she's like oh chip but then this is great megan just bursts out of the water (laughs) 10 feet into the air and their exchange is really funny here Now, what did they say? Jennifer's saying, wow, nice insult, Hannah Montana. <laughs> oh, yes. And Needy gets under her skin. She's like, you're no longer socially relevant. Ooh. You were what, Snow Queen two years ago, back when you didn't need laxatives to stay thin. Yeah, there's a lot of comments on that it really are awful. Jennifer's like, I am going to eat your soul and shit. I go both ways. I'm going to eat your soul and shit it out. (laughs) Needy goes, I thought you only ate boys. And here's our confirmed bisexual queen. She goes, I go both ways. Yes. And then Colin stabs her with a net pole thing. I don't know why it's so sharp. Cool skimmer. But her reaction is so funny. She's just like, ow. Yeah, I just like got a tampon. Rips it out, jumps out the window. Colin dies, or not Colin. Chip dies. Boo hoo. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of sucked. He's upset, but he never believed her. And at the very end, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. 
Mm-hmm. Like, great. Cool. Thanks. Then Needy is out for revenge. And this is when it comes. So now we've come back to how the movie started, where Jennifer's watching Tony Little on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> on the, the gazelle is that what it's called yeah it's the, called the gazelle check it out I'll, she shows up she like jumps through the window glass shatters everywhere and they mm. get into an epic fight mm. on the bed there is crazy screamo music isn't there There's rock <laughs> Some... music it's great needy pulls out a box cutter she's like do you know what this is for cutting boxes <laughs> do you know what this is for do you buy all your murder weapons at home depot god you butch and then jennifer is like of course you buy all of your weapons at home depot you're so butch oh yeah very self-aware it's Mm -hmm. totally queer but then yeah like you said there's that scene it's kind of sexy where they're just floating in the air over each other on top of each other slipping all around but then needy rips off the bff necklace and Mm. jennifer totally deflates she loses all of her power she falls back on the bed and then needy stabs her in the heart and there's that line where which is so stupid where she just goes my tit no your heart my tit (laughs) oh yeah she's like no your heart Heart. (laughs) was that like some allusion to like my body no his body nice effects here because as soon as she dies she needed to feed she didn't get to eat mm-hmm. that's why she was weak right or i mean vulnerable she's kill. vulnerable she needed yeah. to eat because when needy breaks in her room when she's watching tony little on tv she's <laughs> he's looking really ashen but yeah. when she dies she gets her color back then her mom comes in and you're like oh oops <laughs> murdered your daughter sorry yeah. who i've been best friends with since we were four right. and then does that cut back to the prison where she's in solitaire okay but then she's like turns out if you get bitten by a demon and survive you absorb some of their powers (laughs) and then it shows her levitating up to the because she's in that solitary cell but there's like a window really high up in the cell she floats up there breaks out and there's an awesome sequence that we see kind of over the credits where she takes her revenge on adam brody and his douchebag bandmates Yeah, don't forget too, when she's running across the prison yard, she's in her bunny slippers. She oh! made sure to show that. Just, I thought was a good mix of, you know, like little girl vibes mixed with powerful woman. Yeah, inter- interposed with the credits. She finds the band who is, you know, their song had become the anthem for a morning town after the fire tragedy. And she goes to their hotel, right? They're, it looks yeah. like they're in Vegas or something and they're yeah. at girls clamoring to like get coke or them. something yeah they're doing drugs and taking this this is back when people had camcorders because nowadays you just be filming it all the shit That's on your phone. phone she kills them and it's yep. satisfying. <laughs> we like see the crime scene photos and some security footage where we see her walk by and she pulls her hoodie down kiki what are your final thoughts on this it's a superb film um it's definitely the kind where you watch it you're like that was fun and then you move on it's not a life changer for sure you can see why it's gained its cult following yeah i don't know it offers a great deal of food for thought that's a very specific pre me too lens um that you know these filmmakers had these are both women both female filmmakers diablo cody karen kasama and this was a very this was like megan fox at the height of her popularity i think this this is a fascinating pop culture artifact yeah absolutely and it's good it's really well done it's funny it's sexy it's scary it's it's a lot of fun for sure yeah absolutely make it a movie night watch it let us know in the comments below what you think about it. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know I've had a blast talking about it with yeah. Miss Emily. Me too. What do we have coming up, Kiki? Oh, gosh. We, okay. Do we want to tell people what episode we're toying with doing? Yeah, we've, we're playing with this idea. We're playing yeah. with it. So don't hold us to it, but we're kind of thinking about artists like Lana Del Rey and Taylor Swift who have made long form songs with videos mm-hmm. we're we'll just playing with it mm-hmm. because i'm obsessed with like lana to... del rey and my sister yes. is a major swifty and Kristen is you're more of a lana girl right yeah i'd say in general yeah nothing but love for them both we were i don't know we've kind of been toying with like doing crimson peak i would love to do the invitation now that we talked oh about okay it. Yeah, that'd be probably fun. Super fun. Not Karen Kasama's. No, unfortunately. And we mentioned Practical Magic. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. Us, we mentioned. I think there were some other ones there. But yeah, those are more of the spooky times. And then we have <laughs> other films, excellent film selections for later on as yes. well. That we Stay sort of tuned. Talk. Stay tuned, passengers. Hey, if you're not following us on Instagram, you should. That's where we drop new episodes <laughs> all the time. And uh, Emily does a fantastic job with the thumbnails. Just follow along. Female Driven yeah. Podcast. Follow us, like, subscribe, DM. Yay. If you so choose, comment, whatever. We'll we'll answer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks. All the stars are just like little fish You should learn